Have you ever received a call or text from a number that you don't know saying that a package you ordered hasn't been delivered because they need just a little bit more information from you? You don't remember ordering a package and then start wondering how this scammer got your number. Well, anytime you go online and accept cookies or buy anything online, websites can keep your data and sell it to data brokers who create a digital ID of you. They can sell this digital ID to the highest bidder, and lo and behold, a bunch of scammers get a ton of information about you that you never agreed to give them. Well, with Ecogni, this is no longer an issue. All you need to do is sign up, and Ecogni will use the GDPR and CCPA and other privacy laws to get these companies to remove your data from their networks, protecting you and your data from scammers and anyone else who wants to use your data against you. Use the link in the description or episode notes and get Ecogni today for $6.49 a month on a one-year plan and protect your data and digital ID. There's a lot of talk in the US and other countries at the moment about banning books and book censorship. This is an absolutely ridiculous notion, and this podcast and YouTube channel is 100% against the idea of book banning. It's an insane thing to do. But if your government is preventing you from accessing certain information through geo-blocking or government censorship, Surfshark VPN is here to help. With their No Borders feature, simply choose from one of their 3,200 plus servers and read whatever you please without any governmental interference. Use the link in the description or episode notes to get Surfshark VPN today for as little as $2.30 per month on a two-year plan, and read what you please, without any censorship or geo-blocking. Hello, and welcome to The Essential Reads. My name is Isaac, and my goal is to bring to you a bunch of classic audiobooks in an easy and accessible way. We're continuing today with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I do just need to give a quick trigger warning. Uh, The book was written in 1962, or published in 1962, it was probably written a little bit before then. So there are, of course, some racial prejudices that uh, this show does not agree with, but also that this show shall not be cutting out, because I do not believe in book censorship. So if you struggle with those things, you've had your warning, um... Maybe don't watch this one or listen to this one. Please listen to another book if um, you find that distressing. Um, we're going to get into it. Let's start. God, I'm terrible at introductions. Let's start. When the fog clears to when I can see, I'm sitting in the day room. They didn't take me to the shock shop this time. I remember they took me out of the shaving room and locked me in seclusion. I don't remember if I got breakfast or not. I can call to mind some mornings locked in seclusion. The black boys keep bringing seconds of everything. It's supposed to be for me, but they eat it instead. Till all three of them get their breakfast, while I lie there, on that pea-stinking mattress, watching them wipe up eggs with toast. I can smell the grease and hear them chew the toast. Other mornings, they bring me cold mush and force me to eat it without it even being salted. This morning, I plain don't remember. I got enough of those things they call pills down me, so I don't know a thing until I hear the ward open again. That ward door opening means it's at least 8 o'clock. means there's been maybe an hour and a half I was out cold in that seclusion room when the technicians could come in and installed anything the big nurse ordered, and I wouldn't have the slightest notion of what. I hear noise at the ward door up and off the hall out of my sight. That ward door starts opening at eight, and opens and closes a thousand times a day. Kashash! 
click. Every morning, we sit lined up on each side of the day room, mixing jigsaw puzzles after breakfast. Listen for a key to hit the lock and wait to see what's coming in. There's not a whole lot else to do. Sometimes at the door, it's a young resident, in early, so we can watch what we're like before medication. BM, they call it. Sometimes, it's a wife visiting there, on high heels, with her purse held tight over her belly. Sometimes, it's a clutch of grade school teachers, being led on a tour by that foolish public relation man, who's always clapping his wet hands together, and saying how overjoyed he is that the mental hospitals have eliminated the old-fashioned cruelty. What a cheery atmosphere, don't you agree? He'll bustle around the school teachers, who are bunched up together for safety, clapping his hands together. Oh, when I think back to the old days, on the filth, the bad food, even, yes, the brutality. Oh, I realize, ladies, that we have come a long way in our campaign. Whoever comes in the door is usually somebody disappointing. But there's always a chance otherwise. And when a key hits the lock, all heads come up like there's strings on them. This morning, the lock works rattle strange. It's not a regular visitor at the door. It's an escort man. An escort man's voice calls down, edgy and impatient. Admission! Come sign for him! And the black boys go. Admission. Everybody stops playing cards in Monopoly, turns towards the day room door. Most days, I'd be out sweeping the hall and seeing who they're signing in. But this morning, like I explained you, the big nurse put a thousand pounds down me, and I can't budge out of the chair. Most days, I'm the first one to see admission, watch him creeping in the door and slide along the wall, and stand scared till the black boys come sign for him and take him into the shower room, where they strip him and leave him shivering with the door open, while they all three run grinning up and down the halls, looking for the Vaseline. We need that Vaseline, they tell the big nurse, for the thermometer. She looks from one to the other. I'm sure you do, and hands them a jar, holds at least a gallon. But mind you boys, don't group up in there. I see two, maybe all three of them in there, in that shower room with the admission, running that thermometer around in the grease till it's coated the size of your finger, crooning. That's right, Martha, that's right and then shut the door and turn the showers up to where you can't hear anything but the vicious hiss of water on the green tile. I'm out there most days, and I see it like that. But this morning, I have to sit in the chair and only listen to them bring him in. Still, even though I can't see him, I know he's no ordinary admission. I don't hear him slide, scared along the wall. And when they tell him about the shower... He don't just submit with a weak little yes. He tells them right back in a loud, brassy voice that he's already plenty damn clean. Thank you. They showered me this morning at the courthouse and last night at the jail. And I swear, I believe they'd have washed the years off of me on the taxi ride over if they could have found the facilities. Who? Boy. Seems like every time they ship me someplace, I gotta get scrubbed down before, after, and during the operation. I'm getting so the sound of water makes me start gathering up my belongings. And get back away from me with that thermometer, Sam. And give me a minute to look my new home over. i never been in an institute of psychology before. The patients looked at one another's puzzled faces 
and then back to the door, where his voice is still coming in, talking louder than you'd think he'd need to if the black boys were anywhere near him. He sounds like he's way above them, talking down, like he's sailing 50 yards overhead, hollowing at those below on the ground. He sounds big. I never hear him coming down the hall, and he sounds big in the way he walks. And sure, he don't slide. He's got iron on his heels, and he rings it in the floor like horseshoes. He shows up in the door, and stops, and hitches his thumbs in his pockets, boots wide apart, and stands there, with the guys looking at him. Good morning, buddies. There's a paper Halloween bat hanging on a string above his head. He reaches up and flicks it so it spins around. Mighty nice fall day. He talks a little the way Papa used to, voice loud and full of hell. But he doesn't look like Papa. Papa was a full-blooded Columbia Indian, a chief, and hard and shiny as a gunstock. This guy is red-headed, with long red sideburns, and a tangle of curls out from under his cap, being neat-cut a long time. And he's as broad as Papa was tall. Brought across the jaw, and shoulders, and chest. A broad, white, devilish grin. And he's hard, in a different kind of way from Papa. Kind of the way a baseball is hard under the scuffed leather. A seam runs across his nose, and one cheekbone, where somebody laid him in a good one in a fight. And the stitches are still in the seam. He stands there, waiting. And when nobody makes a move to say anything to him, he commences to laugh. Nobody can tell exactly why he laughs. There's nothing funny going on. But it's not in the way that public relation laughs. It's free and loud and comes out of his wide, grinning mouth and spreads in rings, bigger and bigger, till it's lapping against the walls all over the ward. Not like that fat public relation laugh. This sounds real. I realized, all of a sudden, it's the first laugh I've heard in years. He stands looking at us, rocking back in his boots, and he laughs and laughs. He licks his fingers over his belly without taking his thumbs out of his pockets. I see how big and beat up his hands are. Everybody on the ward, patients, staff, and all, is stunned dumb by him and his laughing. He laughs till he's finished for a time, and he walks into the day room. Even when he isn't laughing, that laughing sound still hovers around him, the way the sound hovers around a big bell that just quit ringing. It's in his eyes. It's in the way he smiles and swaggers. In the way he talks. My name is McMurphy, buddies. R.P. McMurphy. And I'm a gambling fool. And whenever I meet with a deck of cards, I lays my money down. <laughs> and laughs again. He walks to one of the card games, tips up an acute's cards with a thick, heavy finger, and squints at the hand, and shakes his head. Yes, sir, and that's what I came to this establishment for. To bring you birds fun and entertainment round the gaming table. Nobody left in that Pendleton work farm to make my days interesting anymore, so I requested a transfer, you see. Needed some new blood. Hooey! Look at the way this bird holds his cards. Showing away everybody in a block, man. Cheswick gathers his cards together. The red-headed man sticks out his hand for Cheswick to shake. What's that you're playing? 
Pinocchio? Jesus. No wonder you don't care nothing about showing your hands. You don't have a straight deck around here. Well, say, here we go. I brought along my own deck of cards, just in case. It has something in it other than face cards. And check the pictures. Every one different. Fifty-two positions. Cheswick is Popeye already. And what he sees in those cards doesn't help his condition. Easy now, don't smudge him. We got lots of time. Lots of games ahead of us. I like to use my deck here because it takes at least a week for the other players to get where they can even see a suit. He's got on the work farm pants and shirt, sunned out till they're the color of watered milk. His face and neck and arms are the color of oxblood leather from working long in the fields. He's got a primer black motorcycle cap stuck in his hair and a leather jacket over one arm. He's got on boots, gray and dusty, and heavy enough to kick a man half in two. He walks away from Cheswick and takes off the cap and goes into beating a dust storm out of his thigh. One of the black boys circles him with the thermometer, but he's too quick for them. He slips in among the acutes and starts moving around and shaking hands before the black boys can take good aim. The way he talks, his wink, his loud talk, his swagger all remind me of a car salesman or stock auctioneer, or one of those pitchmen you see on the sideshow stage out in front of his flapping banners, standing there in a striped shirt with yellow buttons, drawing the faces off the sawdust like a magnet. What happened, you see, is I got in a couple of hassles at the work farm, to tell the pure truth, and the court ruled that I'm a psychopath. And what do you think I'm going to do, argue with the courts? Shoo, you bet your bottom dollar I don't. If it gets me out of those damn pea fields to be whatever their little hearts desires, be it psychopath, mad dog, or werewolf, because I don't care if I never see another weedin' hoe to my dying day. Now they tell me a psychopath's a guy who fights too much and f- too much. But they ain't wholly right, you think? I mean, who ever heard of a man getting too much poozle? Hello there, buddy. What do they call you? My name's McMurphy, and I bet you two dollars here that you can't tell me how many spots are in that pinochal hand you're holding. Don't look. Two dollars. What you say? God damn it, Sam. Can't you wait half a minute to problem with that damn thermometer of yours? Thank you so very much for listening. If you enjoyed, please like, comment, share, and all that jazz. And if you really enjoyed, do subscribe, because there's more to come. I had no idea that the book um, contained adult swearing. I knew it contained some adult scenes, but I didn't think there was uh, swearing in it. I thought it was going to be more on the lines of the Greats of Wrath, uh, in terms of profanity and things like that. Just sort of words we can't say anymore. And that you should have never said, but words that you definitely can't say online. I didn't realize there were going to be words that we still use, like uh, the F word and those sorts of things. I'm going to bleep all the swears that come up in this book just because it's easier to protect myself on YouTube that way. I do not want to get demonetized or any of those other things. And YouTube is being particularly strict on those sorts of things at the moment. So they're going to be bleeped. Maybe, um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. If you enjoyed, again, please do subscribe and um, see you around. Bye.